Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. So yeah, on Kone, I've really, really spent a lot of time thinking about the midfield situation over the past two days. And I think we're going to see a window, and please don't take this as gospel because it isn't, where we get McAllister. You can take that as gospel because that's happened. Kefren Thuram and Viega or a Barella or somebody else a bit more forward-leaning and creative. I think Kone, the more I look at this situation, is a just-in-case, you know, an in-case-of-emergency break-glass type signing. Because, again, as I've said many times, it's a very easy deal to make for Liverpool. Uh, George Schmadka's son is now the sporting director at um, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So if Liverpool wanted to get that deal done, I would say that deal would be done. So I have some positive news with regard to Liverpool's pursuit of Kefren Thuram. And I guess it's positive from the perspective of the pathways clearing up right now. So Luke Edwards from The Telegraph reported earlier on that Newcastle have moved their attention towards some dude by the name of Felix Nemeka. Now, I'm sure you guys might know who he is. I'm going to be honest, not going to Scooby-Doo. But the reason I bring it up is they were another name in the mix for Kefren Thuram, as were PSG. Both have distanced themselves from the move, meaning Liverpool look like, you know, we are the only one at the table. And I guess we're going to have to hope that Nice play ball a little bit over the fee because I don't see Jim Ratcliffe doing us any favours. So let's wait and see. But I think that's where the plan is. If I'm to guess, I would say that's more likely than Kone and Thuram. That's just a guess, though. Find funny. But Grealish is living his best life. Let's give Jack. We give Jackie Grealish a lot of stick on this channel. Um, but he's living his best life today. He's hoofing back the old tinnies and he's enjoying himself. And look, if I was on a bus going around waving at one man and his dog, I'd probably want a few scoops as well. I'd probably 
Do you know what I mean? Just to put up with the shit, like, so, you know, my, my respect is with Jack Grealish today on that one. You know, he has to have a few tinnies to put up with that shite because the reality of the situation of looking around going, I really am at a tin pot club. It must be hitting home to him. So, Jack, you have had a fella. You know, the season's over now, dude. Get yourself a few. Just stay away from the park cars, Jackie. Just, you know what I mean? Stay away from the park cars. Uh, are we looking at Viega as an alternative in one of the midfield three? I believe so. And on Viega, there looks like there's, there's real concrete stuff starting to come out now. Now, again, I'm going to give you one name, but there are many names today kind of going along a similar route. Uh, Rudy Galetti has said... He understands that Liverpool are set to make a concrete move for Gabri Viega. And we know that he has a... Now, Connor, he actually wrote these words, right? The Spanish flag, MF Capitals, meaning midfielder, has a release clause of €40 million. Euro. Connor messaged me going, I read that as, the motherfucker has a release clause of €40 million. Euro. And I just kind of sat there for a minute thinking, wouldn't it be great? if that's actually how the media reported this shit, like homeboy or motherfucker or this cunt over here has a release. But like, I love that. I love that. So I wish how Connor read that was true, but it's supposed to read the midfielder has a release clause of 40 million euro in the contract to sell to Vigo. Not only Liverpool are interested, uh, Chelsea, Manchester City, Real Madrid, Napoli are among other clubs that have shown interest in the player. So yeah, look, I think I can see how this is true. Now, I don't know definitively that we're about to launch that move, but we know what we need to do. 40 million euro. We also have an ace up our sleeve in the form of young Stefan Bocetic, who, of course, came from Celta Vigo. Thiago was good links back there as well. If I'm not mistaken, I think Thiago's father played at Celta Vigo uh, at one point. And, um, yeah, we know what we need to do. 40 million euro. That's the release clause. So let's wait and see what happens. What do you think Liverpool's midfield recruitment is going to look like with regards to the players? Because I've still not seen anything to say that it's a defensive midfielder that we want. Nothing. But I've not to see anything to say it's the exact opposite either. But if you're looking at links, I think it does make sense that with McAllister coming in, who can of course play in any of the midfield positions, but he has no let. He can't run, according to Darren Bell. We can't forget about that when he can't run. Um, I'm wondering, is there going to be somebody for that right side of midfield? Because we need it. Now, the Athletic did a really good piece earlier on on Liverpool's squad depth in certain areas. Now, I've got one tiny question for the Athletic. So they go through and they list everybody in positions and you know where we are. And they talk about, I'm going to focus just on the left and right side of centre-back for a second. So they say, we've got Virgil van Dijk on the left side. Um, on the right side, we've got Canade, Gomez, Matip, Phillips, Williams and Seth Vandenberg. But our priorities is on a right side centre-back, according to the Athletic, which I don't understand. Surely it's a left side centre-back if we were to bring somebody in. Um, but just looking at the way we set up last season, and I learned a new phrase. I've been around football for God knows how long, and I've only just learned the phrase three box three for the way we set up. Has anybody else heard of that phrase before? Because I have to tell you, I've never heard the phrase three box three before, but I like it and I like the thought process behind it. So if you haven't heard of it, think of it this way. Three, two, two, three. The two, two, if you join them around, would form a square. So that's where you get your three box three. 
it's kind of ingenious and I kind of like the idea of it, but I'd never heard of it before. So that's apparently how we were lining it up at the end of the season. 3-2-2-3. Three, two, two, three. So will Liverpool go and go to a 4-3-3 or will we keep that 3-box-3 three three or whatever 3-4-3 three, three or 3-2-2-3 three, two, two, three formation? That's what I think we need to try and suss out. The fuck is a 3-box-3? Three three? I know, it was new to me, Corin, but when I heard it, I kind of chuckled because I thought, yeah, no, I get that. I can see that. I like it, yeah, I like it as well. Robert ne Robbo needs to learn he can't go forward as much in this new system. He's a left centre-back, not a left-back now. Yes, um, but one of the things that I didn't like about our full-backs in the way Klopp sets them up is that our full-backs are attacking the half-spaces more than they are overlapping. Um, I kind of get the idea behind it, but I think to mix it up sometimes, I, I prefer to see them go around the outside as well. But um, I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued by pre-season. This is the first pre-season in God knows how many years that I'm kind of almost a bit excited about the pre-season because I can't wait to see how we line up. I can't wait to see what way the manager's thinking. And I'm, I'm genuinely excited by it. So in the box, it could be McAllister, Trent, Thuram and Viega. So, okay, so if we went to that 3-2-2-3 three, two, two, three formation, uh, ignoring the top and bottom ends of the pitch and just focusing on the middle, you'd probably have Fabinho and Trent as the two, and then ahead of that, McAllister and Thuram or McAllister and Viega or, I don't know, I'd imagine, yeah. Or you have by Chetrichin and, and Trent in the first two, and then you've got your more advanced in the other two. But one of those other two would probably get a bit more license. So you'd probably, in my head, go more 3 2 1 1 3. I think one of those two in the advanced two would have a bit more freedom. I'd like to see Liverpool go for a DM. I'd love to see Polina or Caicedo. Uh, I believe they're exactly what we need to help cover Fabinho and also fresh set of legs in midfield. I, I get your thinking. But I think we have a lot of defensively minded midfielders. Like I'd view Henderson, even though he was playing in a far more advanced role at the end of the season. When he comes in, I think of him sort of as somebody being clever enough to potentially cover the right. I think of Elliot as somebody who is working on the pressing side of his game. Um, so, but more of an attack-minded player. But then you've got like Trent, who's going to become like quarterback. Fabinho by Chetich, who can, of course, play in the six or the eight. McAllister, which can, who can play in any of the three midfield positions. Um Thiago, who can again do a deeper line midfield position. I don't know if we have enough players who are actually capable of getting into the opposition's box. So I don't know if we need a defensive midfielder unless we moved Fabinho on, which I can't see happening. Next year, Trent will play in the middle alongside Fabinho and McAllister. Um, we need two centre-backs and two more midfielders. Two centre-backs? I don't think we need two, dude. Like, you know, we've got... Sepp Vandenberg, who's going to go out on loan by the looks of it. We need to replace the ageing 
Joel Matip, who's 32 and going into, well, nearly 32 and going into his last year. So I think we bring in somebody to, to cover Verge's side when he needs help. Because I think we've got plenty of options to cover the right side, but I don't think we've that many that can cover Verge's side. I think three midfielders and a centre-back and anything on top of that's a bonus for me. But I may have some potential bad news on uh, Gonzalo Inacio because, again, there's been loads of conflicting reports coming out of Portugal over the past few days about this guy's situation. Some of them have read that he's about to sign a new deal for Sporting. We've spoke about that last night. We've spoke about the fact they want to raise his um, bio clause from €45 million euro up towards €60 million. Euro. Then we've seen other reports to say that he's in two minds about whether he wants to sign a new deal or not. Uh, and now we've seen stuff today that said that he wants to go to Manchester United and not Liverpool, and he's also ruled out Newcastle, apparently. So I honestly don't know what to believe on this situation with regards to our, our links to him. Um, but again, if we want them and we want to just get it done, we know what the fee is. It's €45 million Euro at this moment in time. But if he's waiting for United, and again, excuse my ignorance, as far as I'm aware, United are looking elsewhere for a centre-back. I think they're looking at the guy from Napoli. So I don't know where we are in that situation. Um, so yeah, mixed reports coming out of Portugal at the minute on that one. And I'm not really sure what to believe in all honesty, because I don't know the Portuguese newspapers well enough to know who's a spoofer and, you know, who's not. So there was a, the Anfield talk, but something earlier on that they credited to Ed Aaron's and they said Crystal Palace, Liverpool and Chelsea among several clubs interested in Gambia striker Adama Bojang. Three million euros, the price tag, apparently. And I have not got a clue about this kid. Never heard of his name until just recently. The Athletic have posted that turning 33 this month, Jordan Henderson is likely to begin to transition into the James Milner role, providing the experience and quality as a squad player, which makes sense, right? I think all of us will agree with that. I don't see Jordan Henderson having um, many starts this season in the league. Um, yeah, I just don't. Also, Steven Gerrard looks like he's about to make his way to uh, Saudi Arabia to become a manager. He's already over there now and apparently Al- Etifak are the club that he's in talks with. He's been pictured and filmed over there in Saudi Arabia at the minute. So we will give you an update on that as and when we get it. Uh, Liverpool have indeed been linked with another centre-back today. One that may be familiar to you guys and one that you probably remember hearing about a while ago. And that's Per Schurz. He's being listed by caught offside as somebody who Liverpool are indeed once again looking at. Um, the Echo went on to say that they reported that if not this summer, a new centre-back will arrive inside the next 12 months. I think it will be this summer. And the left-sided central defender is the one that we need to get in. Mickey van der Ven, Levi Cole will have also been linked with transfers. Now, I I know a bit more about Pershers, to be honest with you, than some of the other targets. And I'd be all right with it. I'd be all right with Schurz. I would. I'd be all right with Timber. I'd be all right with... Um, I don't know what about Van der Veen, so I'm not sure about him. I'd be okay with Inacio, but I'm not 100% sold on him. And I still feel like Seth Van den Berg will have a future at the football club, even if he has another season on loan. Speaking of loan, Preston North End have shown some interest in another Liverpool youngster. This time it is Bobby Clark, who has been linked with a potential loan move. Um, Calvin Ramsey is another one that they're looking at potentially bringing in there on loan, but 
again, Preston, fine football club, good tradition. Uh, always challenging up there in the championship as well. So let's wait and see if there's any truth to that one. And finally, before I move on from this clip, the Premier League are now considering introducing a spending cap. I don't know if you guys seen this story today. Martin Ziegler, I believe, of the Times is the one where I read it. And I'm going to read you a little bit of it now. It says, Premier League clubs are considering introducing a spending cap that would link the amount of money any club can spend on wages to how much television money is paid to the lowest placed team. The proposal called anchoring would restrict the top teams to spending, for example, four times the amount of money the bottom club receive in TV revenue, though the exact proportion has yet to be defined. So look, you can read this article for yourself if you get a chance. It is free, at least it was for me to have a read of it. Um, they go on to talk about the fact that there's already a big financial gap and is likely to get bigger. The strength of the Premier League has been its competitiveness and unpredictability, and this proposal can help maintain that. That's what they're saying. Uh, English clubs earned between £70 million and £115 million from the Champions League in this season. Manchester City Chelsea have already qualified for the new revamped tournament in 2025 by virtue of winning the Champions League in the past three seasons, which is likely to bring in at least £30 million per club. So again, they're looking to the future to try and maintain this balance. And whilst I have absolutely no idea how this actually works, I do like the idea of some form of spending limits to some extent because it's starting to get a little bit crazy and when i say this people have a go at me because they think i'm just crying because man city or chelsea are able to spend all this money there is a little bit of that of course there is but my biggest concern is as and always will be the long-term health of the game and i don't want these financial numbers becoming so crazy that it just ends up in an arms race and people lose their clubs and football just falls away the wayside because it isn't sustainable at the current levels. It's madness. So that is pretty much where we're at with the latest update. So now it is over to you guys to let me know what you think on everything that we've just spoken about. Uh, namely about Pershers being linked again as a centre-back. Do we need to bring in an attacking midfielder or would you like to see a defensive one? And of course, are the thoughts on the spending cap issues as well. So my friends, how are we? Again, thank you for letting me do that little bit of a clip there for Mr. Crosby. 30 minutes-ish into the stream. Thank you for that. I'm not going back to it all, dude. I'm not going back to it all. If your internet lag, that's tough shit on you, dude. Um, yeah. John Henry had a wet dream when he heard spending cap. Oh, I would say he was absolutely the fucking, the best boy at that meeting. And they do have a meeting coming up this week, by the way. The Premier League. I think it's in this article. Um, where is it? It said the Premier League said it's unlikely to adopt a similar percentage, blah, 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 UEFA, blah, 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 blah. The Premier League also went on to consider the number of live TV matches it will make available to broadcasters in the 25 to 28 domestic TV cycle. The rights are due to be sold early next year. They go on about bringing this up to maybe 260 games from the current, where's the amount it currently is? can't remember i don't have this bit yeah but they're talking about more tv games but still keeping that blackout at 3 p.m by the way where's this one yeah so the premier league's annual meeting is in hampshire on tuesday and wednesday so they'll be talking about all this stuff then uh callum said that this according to lakeep Kylian Mbappe sent a formal letter to PSG today telling them that he will not, under any circumstances, be activating the option in his contract for a further year until 2025. 
It's now possible that PSG may seek to sell the player this summer. So what I said, I don't know, six months ago is going to happen. That man or that Real Madrid will buy Kylian Mbappe in this window. I'm fairly sure I've mentioned that to you guys for a long time. And nobody believed me because, again, it was just me. So why would you? But it doesn't surprise me at all. You know, when you start seeing stuff in the media and it came out in the past month that apparently Kylian Mbappe has has given an apology to Real Madrid over the fact that he rebuffed their approaches previously. That was the sign to me to say, yeah, that's happening. They're pushing for that. Madrid want Vinny to be the main man. Give them the number seven. Don't want Mbappe there, please. Vinny deserves it all. Um, well, they've lost Benzema. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Um, so they need to bring in players. And... It's always been on the cards. It's always been on the cards that Mbappe will end up at Real Madrid. Even when the, the whole deal collapsed previously and he chose to stay at PSG. Nobody's ever really believed that. Now, I think in three years' time, you're going to be looking at Real Madrid's attack that's going to have Endrick, Mbappe and Vinicius Jr. And then you look to midfield and there's Shuameni, Camavinga and Bellingham. And it's just... And Valverde... Oh, God... Imagine, I mean, here we are. There's the the full cuckold again, you know, looking at everybody else going out there and having their way with the best footballers in the world and winning more Champions League. And we have old John W. Henry, who's uh, the smartest boy in the room. And Rodrigo as well. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh. I thought Hendrik was only a striker. I never said he wasn't. All I said is they're going to have these attackers and I named Hendrik. I never spoke about where he is, what side he plays, who he likes to fucking finger up the arse. I don't know. All I know is that they've signed him and that he's going to be arriving in a couple of seasons and that they apparently promised not to sign Haaland. Romano confirming the Mbappe news. This could trigger um, a mad L window. Because how do... Like, if Mbappe is somebody that Real want to go after in this window, I mean, if you're going to drop, let's say, 110 mil on Bellingham, and I've no idea where to even start with a number for Mbappe, but again, I would, I would expect it to be a significant investment. Um, I don't know how they do that. Like, because if Bellingham's going to be on the rumoured 400-odd grand a week, I suppose they have. I suppose they have lost the money for um, that they would have been paying out to Benzema. So I, I guess that saved them a few bob. But I don't know, man. It's going to be a mad window. That's cheeky from PSG. Oh, you're not staying and extending with us. Sell immediately. I mean, I'd sell immediately as well. But that whole situation was always bound to end badly, because. He was never going to be able to be satisfied um, professionally at PSG. Because Kylian Mbappe should be winning Ballon d'Ors. Should be winning Champions Leagues. He's he's one of those generational talents. And I understand the loyalty between, you know, your, your country's leading club. And wanting to be the poster boy of French football. But I think PSG just haven't been able to... F- put together that team that have been able to go and grind out Champions League. 
And I think he's been more than patient. So if I'm him, I don't want to end up being Harry Kane. You know? But look, PSG wins shit, but he wants the big stuff. He wants the Ballon d'Ors. He wants the Champions Leagues. And I don't think he's going to get those at PSG. Consistently. But look, he'll get money wherever he goes. He'll get loads of money wherever he goes. Um, if Mbappe goes this summer, will PSG come knocking for Salah? Uh, I hadn't even thought about that, mate, until you mentioned it there. Between that and um, the few bits and pieces that have been coming out around Saudi Arabia, maybe coming in for Mo, um, I really don't know. I don't know what to expect. Did you see the picture, by the way, of Mo on the back of what I assume was a yacht he rented for a holiday before he went off with Egypt? Do you guys see that picture of Mo standing on the back of the boat? He's not human. That man, um, to say he's ripped is an understatement. The man is chiseled out of granite. Oh my God. Has he ever eaten a carb in his life? Like, he's ridiculously well built. Like, ridiculously good. Like, he's probably the closest thing I've seen to Ronaldo. Like, Ronaldo is another specimen of a man like an absolute physical specimen uh but salaman jesus christ he's he's a good nick right so fabrizio's post was Kylian mbappe has informed psg of his decision he'll not trigger the option to extend his current contract until 2025 it means that the deal would expire next june 2024 as per l'equipe PSG's position, no plan to lose Mbappe for free. Signed a new deal now or he could be sold. What? Can you hear that? Beep, 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 beep. The truckloads of cash are starting to be reversed up. Open the back doors there, Killian. You need to make more room for more cash. We're going to need a bigger boat. Any news on Thuram Kone? So there's been a little bit, but nothing concrete. But what I'm gauging from what I'm seeing is the more it goes on, the more I think it's one or the other for that, for those two. And the the reason I think that is one, because if we want to Kone, I can't repeat this enough. It's an easy deal to do. So I think Liverpool want to get Thuram next again, complete, just read between the lines of what I'm seeing in the media. For me, I think we'll see McAllister, a Thuram, and then maybe a more attacking midfielder like Viega or, I don't know, somebody else. Where do you think Mbappe ends up? It's got to be Madrid, right? Now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm starting to think about that 300 million that Manchester City could potentially have. I don't even want to to begin to contemplate the possibility of them signing him. Do you think if Liverpool were to trigger the release clause of Viega, do you think he'd be worth it? It's never a guarantee that a young player who's done well in an environment that obviously he's comfortable in, in a league that he's probably grown up, Watching and understanding. It's never a guarantee that you take that youngster, drop him into the Premier League, to a new city, a new culture, and expect it to be flawless. So, hard to say, but at the numbers mentioned, a 40 million euro, like I said about Chiesa, it's a number that I can think is possible to take the risk. 
Will you lose respect for United if they get state ownership? This is a really difficult one to answer because I ha I can't lie and saying that it hasn't been a little bit disconcerting to see so many United fans wanting the takeover from Sheikh Tassim against an English owner in Sir Jim Radcliffe. But I also understand that one of the reasons for a lot of United fans wanting the Qatar takeover is because it's a full buyout and it would remove the Glazers entirely from the club. I wonder what the fan base would be like if it was a straight offer. If there was a Jim Ratcliffe and there was Jake Jasim or whatever the guy's name is, and they were both putting the same offer on the table. I'd like to see what way the fan base was then because I can I, I sympathise entirely with them wanting rid of the Glazers. I do, I get it. I have this thing, and I've said it before on here, Ideally, I would like the crown jewels of Premier League football to remain in the country. And I equate it to like the NFL and stuff. I mean, imagine the Dallas Cowboys being owned by me. Do you know what I mean? Imagine I bought the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure that wouldn't go down too well in America. Um, and I feel that way about like Liverpool, Manchester United. They're like, they're the crown jewels of the Premier League. I would have hoped that a lot more of them would have been on the Jim Radcliffe side. But again, I understand that they're two different offers. So it's not really for me to say. Does it worry me as a football fan with my own club? Yes. It worries me because then you've got United maybe with um, a guarantee of a billion to be spent in, in infrastructure and on player recruitment on top of the club being bought. You've got Arsenal back in the Champions League with owners who are apparently happy to spend big money now. You've got Newcastle, albeit their spending hasn't really been crazy yet, but they're a project on the go on the way forward. You've got City, obviously. So yeah, it worries me as a Liverpool fan. And it kind of goes back to what I said earlier on, speaking about feeling like we're, we're cuckolds, like whereas everybody else is out there, you know, screwing the Premier League and uh, we're watching. So yeah, from, from that perspective, it hurts. Is that United offer, is, is that dude completely not wrapped up in the government? Which feels weird because... I don't know if anything happens in any of these sovereign states without the ruling family's blessing. So I don't know enough about Sheikh Jassim at all to know if, if it's a if it's a Qatari government backed thing or in some way or if he's a legitimate entity himself who just wants to buy it. Don't know. New York Times, Paris Saint Germain could be tempted by an offer of around £160 million to sell Mbappe. So I guess then we've kind of started to set a precedent now for what we what they'd be looking for. £160 million for a player with one year left on his deal. It's a tough sell, that. You know, if I'm Florentino Perez or whoever, you're just thinking like £160 million or wait a year. It's... I guess though maybe this would be the scenario where you get... I don't know, a sponsor to come on board and try and make this possible. Is Mbappe, again, is Mbappe a Nike or an Adidas athlete? I, I don't know which brand deals each player has anymore. There's too many of them to keep up with. So if he's an, if he's an Adidas athlete, could be possible if Adidas help. Uh, he's a Nike athlete. Well, then Adidas aren't really going to be much use there. So, yeah, from that one, I just I don't want him in the Premier League because I don't want to have to face him every, you know, twice a season. How much did PSG pay Monaco? 
So I want to say it was like 140 or 150 million after that two-year loan, Andy. Because remember that mad two-year loan that they somehow got away with? John flew around in a private jet when he was at Monaco. Oh, I know this, mate. I've told you this many times in the chat. Um, which I always found weird as well. Like, why would John be, you know, tickling his nuts if he's not going to follow through? I don't think his attitude would suit our club. It's a no from me. I can get that as well, Tom. I can get that. Um, but what I will say is there have been players before that I or you or any of us have maybe prejudged before they've come to our club. A great example that I can remember is Danny Sturridge. I remember when Sturridge was leaving to come to us, there was loads of big time Charlie reports and, you know, he was he was a bit of an arrogant whatever, but that's not the Danny Sturridge we've seen at Liverpool. The Danny Sturridge that was at Liverpool was incredibly good, incredibly helpful to younger players, like a big brother type figure. And I remember actually pulling myself up on this and going, yeah, that's a good example of Don Prejudge. His wages would bankrupt us. I don't, I don't think they'd bankrupt us because I think, like, let me put it this way. If we signed Mbappe, we would get a lot of money from shirt sales because of the deal with Nike. That 30%. That would, you'd make a lot, like, I'm not saying you cover it, but you put a dent in it. People talking about Mbappe's wages, but look at how much Salah earns. I'm sure Klopp could tempt him to come and likes contacted by money, offer similar wage price. Um, I, look, I just, look, I'd love it. Of course I'd love it. I just don't see it happening. But God, I'd love it. But you know what? And we have to face up to this. Is he going to want to play in the Europa League? Because I know the song's catchy and all, but I don't know about Mbappe playing the Europa League now. Stat padding, yeah, but well, there might be that. Fair enough. I want Salah to train Doc, so no for me, said Soy Boy. Uh, why are we going to have to give him ownership of the club if he earns 1.8 million a week? I don't think Mbappe will leave this window, so just get him on a free and sell Diaz. I mean, can you imagine? can you imagine if it does get to the point where Mbappe stays at PSG this season? And goes to go on a free. Oh my God, can you imagine the negotiations for his wages? Can you imagine his agent sitting down at the table to go, he's coming on a free, you better get those fucking dollar bills ready. Because, whoo, can you imagine? Hang on, I just thought about something. We've been speaking about Real Madrid. We've been speaking about Man City. We've been speaking about Liverpool. We haven't yet spoken about the new boys in town. We haven't thought about the idea of maybe killing Mbappe going to Saudi Arabia for a squabillion quid a week. Maybe he wants to go play under Steven Gerrard in Saudi Arabia. Maybe that'll be the deal. Because, again, sounds ludicrous, but... Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. His ego won't let him go there. He wants big ears. I would suggest that it was pound notes that kept him a PSG. So, I don't know. Look, it's just an idea that just popped into my head there. Come to United is trending on Twitter. Oh, Jesus, no. Oh, God, that could actually happen as well. Oh, no. United get taken over. And the dude, but, oh, no. That could happen. Oh, oh, I, I, oh, do you know what? That's probably a damn possibility as well. 
Oh, that, oh, lads. And you know you could make that work. I hope it doesn't happen. I, I, I hope it doesn't happen. Oh, God. There'll be no more 7-0s anyway. If he signed for United, I think. Oh, oh that's, that's after really making me sad now. The idea of Mbappe rocking up at Old Trafford. Roof leaking. Don't worry, we have Gomez. So, let's recap this stream. Craig's getting taken the piss out from the social media. Some people in Craig's own chat are having a pop at him. You've run past the idea of Kylian Mbappe going to Manchester United. And I came on here in a good mood. So, is there anything positive that you can send me off with for the last 20 minutes here? Because right now, I'm not feeling great. He'd win them titles too. It'd be horrible, lads. It'd be horrible. So, Qatari outlet Al Watan, an organisation that Sheikh Jassim's father owns, reports that the Qataris have been successful in their bid to purchase Manchester United. It's going to get interesting. It does feel a bit like we're going to be left behind. I can't lie to you. You know, as much as we'll try to be as competitive and all this, it does feel like we're getting left behind. Difficult one, this. This is, a, this is going to be a tough situation to morally weigh up. Because right now, we've got Man City, who have unlimited resources. Manchester United, who could potentially, who are already a huge club on the world stage financially, could now have that potential further unlocked with a new owner. Newcastle, who, again, have an ownership group that, if they so wished, could shower unlimited funds upon them. And we've got John W. Henry. Oh, that's tough to reconcile, isn't it? I'm just trying to put this together in my head. Like, this is... Uh, it's depressing. I don't know what other way to say it. Like, it is. I mean, how are you all feeling? Sorry, I'm kind of reacting to this in real time here and trying to process it, but... I'm going to try and give you another perspective on this, right? So, let's say... United get taken over by Qatar. Newcastle, Saudi Arabia... Manchester City of Abu Dhabi. And let's say somebody came to buy us. Another whatever. The sovereign fund or whatever. I still don't see how that ends well for football. Because you'd have four potential sovereign wealth funds all spending vast sums of money that are in no way relative to the actual sport and the game. And I still see it as a race to the bottom. Even if we're part of the race, it still doesn't feel like it's going to end well. Even if we're part of the nouveau riche or whatever, I still don't see how it ends well for football. I guess, look, you can only put 11 players on a pitch at any one time and anything's possible. God, this is real. I feel sad. Genuinely just sad. Can FSG compete with that? Well, no, no. Like, not just FSG. No business can compete with that because the types of money we're talking about being generated are not natural types of money. Like, they're not going to turn profits on these. So, again, you speak about the jeopardy in business. You know, if you have a business or I have a business, it's got to make sense. It's got to add up. Money's got to make sense. you got to bring in more than you put out. But if there's infinite money involved and there's no real 
jeopardy for the owners, where does it stop? It's just one person saying a bigger number than another person. Yes, it's it's a strange situation the whole sport finds itself in. We're in a tough situation. Do we sell our morals for success or get left behind? But I don't... Even if we did sell our morals and even if we went down the petrodollar or the whatever route, I still don't see how it ends well for football in the long run. It can't be... It's not sustainable. I have no idea if it's true or not. Honestly, I have no I'm not close enough to that deal to have known half the information United fans would know. I uh, I haven't followed the United takeover that closely because it's not my club. I'm already at a stage where there's no morals in football, whilst rather rich owners who aren't like this, won't be the case, can't beat them, join them. I guess my point is this though, mate, and I can't, like, to anyone that wants to just go down the route, and I get it, and I see how alluring it is, and I see that it could actually be the way, only way to compete, I still can't get away from the idea that these countries can write off a football club and throw it in the bin and not bat an eyelid because it's a relatively insignificant amount of money to a nation's wealth. If United's worth six billion, Liverpool's worth four billion, Chelsea's worth three and a half billion or whatever, these countries can just go, ah, oh, bored of it, fuck it, and walk away. Maybe the project of PR or vanity is over. Maybe they lose interest and want to go another direction. It leaves you open to the possibility of a football club just not existing potentially in the future. And that's what scares me. And that's why I have been so vocal about not wanting state ownership of football clubs. Because there's no jeopardy in it for them. Because a country's wealth is infinitely more than a private business person's. Regardless if we're state backed or what, what I do know is FSG aren't going to do what it takes. I'm in I'm in acknowledgement with you on that, yes. I'm I'm all for FSG disappearing, mate. Don't get me wrong. And I think they can do more with regards to freeing up the, the money for Kloppo. So I'm with you on that one. But I don't think I'll ever be on board with the ownership by a country. I, I just can't. It's not even just about morals. Again, it's about the future of this sport. And I don't know. Maybe I'm an old man. Maybe I'm, people are going to tell me, fuck you, you've had your day. Football isn't what it is anymore. Leave us to a boomer. And maybe there's some truth to that as well. But... I just can't see it ending well in the long run if there's an arms race of super rich football clubs who are just throwing ludicrous sums of money around. It feels like somebody has to put some um, guardrails up somewhere. Local fans won't let the club be stay backed, I feel. Well, look, it's just happening, potentially happening at United. A club that we look at in in a similar way, you know. So, if it happens at United, it could happen anywhere. Oh, Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer was the one that I wanted to own the club. When all these names are being thrown around, I wanted Steve Ballmer just because I liked how involved he is. I like how much he gives a shit. Um, and I he, he just struck me as a potential owner. I could really get behind planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 